Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next podcast with Angela. I am here in my kitchen. You're going to hear some noises. Uh, I'm putting up dishes and getting lots of stuff cleaned up. Here's bottle waters. <laughs> we are going to experience a snowstorm here in the next few weeks, and so we had to get some preparations done for that and yeah sitting around the house but I wanted to get a few things done um, when it comes to this podcast so last podcast it was a somewhat of a rebuke of um, what you should be doing as a minister of the gospel um, not allowing current hot topics and temperatures of what people think we should be talking about or calling to um, recognition, uh, false teachers, false prophets, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And how uh, my opinion, and like I've said before, it is my opinion, is that we shouldn't be doing that. It is not a call of God that has been placed on your life. Um, our call is to preach the kingdom. Jesus preached the kingdom. We preach the kingdom. Did he warn about false teachers? Yes. How are we going to know who the false teachers are? A lot of people say, how are we going to know unless I point them out? We're going to know because we're so filled with the Holy Spirit that his spirit leads us to discernment and all truth. But if we're not teaching how to be fed through the Holy Spirit, and all we're teaching is opinion, you're causing more dissension and strife than you are actually helping the body of Christ. Now, do I agree with most pastors and teachers out there? No, I do not. I don't. Um, there is some teaching that I believe is unhealthy, but that is up to the Father to take care of. Um, I hold with firm convictions that us as ministers, I'm using air quotes, ministers of the gospel, it is our job and our job alone to preach the kingdom. If you feel like someone is taking God's word out of context, or they are basically um, preaching heresy, okay? Not false doctrine, but heresy. Heresy is um, that Jesus isn't the Son of God. Heresy and blasphemy is that there are more ways to heaven than just Jesus. That is very harmful doctrine, and it's doctrine of, of the devil. Jesus is the only way. He is the truth and he is the life. And no one can come to the Father except through Jesus. Pouring out the mop water. So if those people aren't teaching that, then really it's just a disagreement about doctrine. You don't believe that we should be teaching on prosperity, even though Jesus God says that we will be prosperous, be in health and prosper even as our soul prospers. And you're like, oh, that's spiritual prosperity. 
Well, throughout the whole entire New Testament and Old Testament, God teaches and shows people what it means to be prosperous. Abraham was prosperous. Um, the children of Israel were always prosperous. That's why they had a target on their back, especially the Philistines, because they wanted that prosperity and they knew that the Ark of the Covenant was the key to that. So they were always trying to steal it so that they can have the prosperity and protection that the children of Israel had. Because they knew that their false teacher, their false deity did not provide that. So they wanted what the children of Israel had, protection and prosperity. God talks about it many times. Now, do I agree with pastors who talk about, you know, getting a yacht or <laughs> jet planes? Not necessarily, but I don't know a lot of them that truly teach that. Maybe they did it once, but that is not their foundation of their teaching. And that's my biggest, biggest hang up right now is that people are taking quick little inserts of ministers saying certain things and completely tearing apart that minister for something he, he or she may or may not have said once and throwing everything else that they say out the window. And they teach that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. They teach that, that he is the only way you can achieve freedom, reading your word, praying and growing closer to him. And because people disagree with a few doctrinal uh, points, <laughs> they dismiss a brother or sister in Christ. And we're not supposed to do that. Okay. This leads to an area of arrogance and pride that we should never step into in the arena. Not only that, but if you're not able, and I need to reiterate this because I don't think people hear it whenever I say and this is the big kicker for me. If you're not able to go to that pastor, like I said before, Stephen Furtick or Joyce Myers or Joel Osteen, if you cannot sit in front of them one-on-one -on -one, like a prophet would, because that's what you're calling yourself. If you think and you feel like you're called to call out a minister of God for their wrong, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you can't sit in front of them, across from them, and openly rebuke them as a, as a minister or someone that, because basically you're calling yourself the head, their head, um, someone who's over them spiritually. Um, if you can't do that, you're wrong. You're in the wrong 100%. There's no way around that. You can't dismiss a lot of scripture and examples of that throughout from the beginning to the end, how God set up order. You can't ignore that just because you disagree with a few points of theology that you heard from someone's or they took a sound bite from some sermon and you got on board because that's what the newest hot button and topic. You just can't do that. Um, like I said, it causes unnecessary strife and division in the body of Christ. Well, what should we be doing? We should be praying for them. I have to reiterate that over and over and over again. I'm not a perfect believer. I strive to do everything that God has called me to be as a wife, a mother, a daughter, a member of the body of Christ, a sister in Christ, you know, um, 
a sheep to a congregation. I try to strive towards what God wants me to be in every shape, form, and fashion. Am I perfect about it? No, I make mistakes. And I would hate for someone to take that one mistake. And let's just be honest, people have. People have taken one moment in my life, not asking why I did it, not being a true sister, and it's mostly sisters in Christ, um, coming to me, and if they felt like I was wrong, rebuking me openly. No, what they did is that they went behind my back, walked off, went behind my back, and started trash talking me to other people, causing further division in the body of Christ. It runs rampant in my hometown. We have so many splits in the congregations in our town. And because of that, no one's really walking in true love towards one another. Point in fact, whenever I started my Bible study here at the house, I was inviting sisters in Christ from all denominations because I am friends with many people that walk many paths in their lives, many ages, nationalities, whatever. And so I was like, God placed them on my heart. So I invited them. Now, God also told me, side note, if they don't respond, then that's on them. What I want you to do is just be obedient and step out and do what you need to do. Whether or not they do what they need to do is on them, not you. So I would ask these women to come to my house and be a part of the Bible study, to pray for our families, to pray for our husbands, to pray for our children, to get the schemes, the tactics of the devil out in the open so that we can iron sharpen iron with each other and we can help um, this generation, the generation that came before us and the generation that's coming after us to step up as who God called us to be. So I would say that and I would present that to women who I, who God has placed on my heart. And I would tell them what, you know, the goal of giving hope ministries was here at the house. And the first thing that they would ask, it wasn't, you know, Oh, what time is it? Which they would ask that. But usually I would say nine times out of 10, they would ask who's going to be there. And it would always take me back, like, because I would forget that there's such a rift in this town between Christian women, that because you go to this church, I'm not going to associate with you because you go to this church. I'm not going to go to your Bible study because what if so-and-so who's friends with so-and-so shows up and I don't want to be in the same room with her. It, it took me back. I would have long discussions with my husband about, about this. I would just be like, you know, I don't think like that. Do I have disagreements with a lot of people? Yes. But do I not put that aside because that's my flesh talking because God doesn't operate that way so I can break bread with them? And if they're at a birthday party, unless it's an extremely toxic situation where I have those relationships that I have healthy boundaries with, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. Now, if it causes somebody to stumble, me being there because of hurt feelings or whatever, yes, I will, I'll, I'm not going to show up and be like, hey, you just got to get over it. No, I'm not like that. But I'm, I'm not going to allow pettiness or even my wrongdoing in the, in the situation to keep me from having fellowship with people. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. And that to me ties in because these same people, I promise you, are the exact same people that will be very quick to share the fall of a pastor. They'll be quick to share the blog, tearing down someone speaking the word of God. They'll be quick to badmouth and tear down. And I say this with the utmost confidence that I know this is how it works because I've been there. 
I have been that person who shared the article. I have been that person who has sat in my own living room with a friend and bashed a pastor. And I also know what that leads to. I know the toxicity and how much God hates it because that's not how God is. That's not a fruit of the spirit. That's not a part of the armor of God and put on your lips of false teaching accusers to expose the devil for who he is. There's no scripture to back that up. There's tons of scripture though, to say, to go to them, to talk to them, confront it. Yes. But one-on-one there's a protocol that has to be done. Why? Because that's where healthy relationships are. That's where conviction is. That's where the Holy Spirit is. And wherever the Holy Spirit is, there's also peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. And it cultivates this heart that whenever you see your quote unquote enemy in the body um, celebrating, you can celebrate with them. When you see them get the new promotion or the new job or they are celebrating their child's birthday, you won't look at it in contempt and and anger and spite and with this eye like you don't deserve this. That's not our place. But you can look at them and rejoice with them and say, way to go. That is so amazing. I know how long you've been praying for this. You won't allow your hurts and your pain to be the, the lens that you view them through. But you'll see them through the blood of Jesus because whatever they did to you, Jesus died for so that they can have the opportunity to repent. But it's our job to lead the way by forgiving them because Christ has forgiven us. To pray for them, to love them. What does God say about our enemies? We pray for them. Do we turn the other cheek? Yes. Do we walk away sometimes? Yes, we do. Sometimes you have to walk away, but do we maliciously attack them to expose quote unquote their malfeasance, their, their misinterpretations. No, we do not. It is not our job. Now I'm not a type of person who believes that women should not preach. I am not that person. Do I believe that there is a place and a role in an order? Yes, I do. Um, but I also believe in rightly dividing the word of God. And I do believe that, um, women have a place in the body as ministers. On the flip side, because there's always a balance, there's always a balance. I don't think it's right. And it's mostly women who, who do this. I don't think it's right for a woman to bash a man, a pastor, or just a minister in general, um, without the authority given to them over that, that individual. I think that's a sticky, that's a sticky place. The Holy Spirit hasn't taught me enough in that area for me to say that this is exactly how I feel this should be because it changes as I get older, certain aspects and how I see things change over the years. And I'm not going to be very concrete about that. But one thing I do know is that there is an order and I can't emphasize that enough. And God honors that order. And if we honor that order, then he will give us, even he will give us, um, audience where we might not ever think we would get audience with. 
If you honor the order, if you honor the order and how God does things, and if you truly believe, let's just for example's sake, that Joel Osteen is a heretic and a blasphemer and a false prophet. If you honor the order of God, God will open the door to give you a platform and an audience with him to be able to speak directly to him face to face. God did it many times throughout the Bible. Many people who had no place or real rhyme or reason to be in a throne room with a king. But because that person honored God first, God was able to place them in a position to speak directly to that king face to face. If that's what you're wanting, then pray, pray. That's the only way you can do it. Daniel did. Joseph did. Many people, Moses did. They sought God first. Esther did. She sought the counsel of them, of the person who was over her spiritually, who was able to fight with, with her and for her spiritually. And they were able to have God open the door to sit in front of a pagan king in order to have the truth be revealed. That's how God works, guys. That's just how God works. So we have to seek first the kingdom. Let's go back to that. Seeking first the kingdom is the first and foremost thing that we should all be doing. What is the kingdom? The kingdom of God is everything that Jesus set out to do and accomplish here on earth, to set the captives free, to open the eyes of the blind, to reveal the truth of who God is and the relationship that God wants with his people through the blood of Jesus. And for us to veer off of that path is to diminish the power and the authority and the, and the purpose of the blood. My prayer for this ministry, my words, um, how my children see Jesus is that is for them to seek first the kingdom of God, for them to have such a heart for Jesus that whenever they make mistakes, because they will make mistakes and they have made mistakes because they're human, that they will seek first the kingdom. They will sit, sit everything that they have done at the feet of Jesus, that they won't think of Christians as these cynical, um, spiteful, hateful people who are so narrow-minded that they don't see forgiveness anymore. All they see is legal legalities. All they see is legalism. And yes, I believe God is a holy God. And I believe there are certain things that we have to do as believers and he expects us to do because we represent the kingdom of heaven. But everybody is on a journey to seek that. And everybody is battling an enemy right now that is fighting with them to keep them from that truth. And so for us to add to that, for spitefully saying things about other believers and, and question and making people question whether or not they're good enough to, to be a part of the kingdom of God is not helping the situation. I was talking to a lady the other day. Um, her name is Lillian and she's from Kenya and it was just such a, an amazing opportunity to be able to speak with her. And she said she listened to the last podcast and how she was talking to her daughter about this. And, and I was telling her that's my struggle right now as a mom of children who are about to leave my home, um, watching them question things because of what they see on the internet of how Christians are being rep represented. 
and, and they'll sit and they'll listen to Stephen Furtick and they'll listen to um, uh, different pastors that they, at that moment in that season in their life, the Holy Spirit has led them to. But then they'll go on TikTok or they'll go on Instagram and they'll see people bashing these very people that they have been learning how to draw closer to God with. And that upsets me because as a mom, I pray for God to put seeds and sowers in their path to, to, to water where we have sown that they'll come be uh, the Apollos and water so that God can give the increase. But then I have brothers and sisters who have been misguided coming and trying to pluck up those seeds. And I have to counter it by saying, no, that's actually wrong. We can't talk about people that way. We can't because there's no grace in it. There's no grace. There's no mercy. There's no forgiveness. There's, there's, you know, it, it, it's like, you know, chasing, chasing your tail. It's like biting your paw. What's the point? You're attacking your own body. I'm going to continue to teach on this because I believe it's becoming feverishly addictive um, because it is, like I said, it's such a hot topic and it gives, it's a trigger response. It's a trigger thing where people want to see the train wreck. They want to see, especially Christians, they want to see Christians be torn down. They want to, oh, I knew something was wrong with them. Oh, I knew something was wrong with that. Um, And I've been seeing it more and more. Um, the algorithm keeps bringing it to me in, especially on TikTok. I follow quite a few people, um, on for certain aspects because I don't watch regular television, um, that I use it for just to see what's going on in the world, honestly. But every once in a while, I'll get this person come across my feed to say the dangers of Hillsong, the dangers of Bethel, um, all these things. I'm like, okay, but what are you doing? So you're telling me that all these things are wrong. What are you, what are you doing to counteract that? Are you going to write some songs to help people have something to worship? Are you going to teach them how to worship in spirit and truth? Are you going to teach them their prayer language so they can pray in their own home? Are you going to teach them that, oh no, you're just going to sit there and gripe about the body of Christ. You're not going to give something else for them to eat. You're just going to take the food out of their mouth and deny them something to eat. I see. I see. Stop it. Just stop it. If you're a person and you're listening to Oceans by Hillsong and you're verbally saying, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders, where I can walk upon the waters, good for you. I pray that the Holy Spirit just quenches your thirst so that you seek him with all your heart, that you are so on fire for God that you don't listen to any other voice but the Holy Spirit. If you're listening to Bethel and you're listening to Reckless Love, Lord, I just pray that you remember that he will leave the 99 to chase after you. That you remember that Jesus loves you so much. You don't focus on the word reckless, but you sit there and say that he will, there's no mountain he won't climb up. There's no, there's no wall he won't tear down. There's no, there's no lie he won't break down. There's nothing that he won't do to get to you. That you won't think about all the negative of it, but you'll listen to the truth of it. Because he does. He will leave the 99 to chase after you. There's so many beautiful songs out there written by imperfect people. 
And in that moment of their imperfection, they found the words to articulate exactly what they were going through in that moment, just like David did, just like Solomon did, just like Moses did, just like Aaron did, just like Esther did, just like Jael did. They had these moments of imperfection, but in those moments of imperfection, they were seeking God with all their heart. Did they always make the right choice and do the right thing? No. That's why we have such imperfection in the Bible. And we see the perfect God through human imperfection. And it's a beautiful thing. It is so powerful and it's so amazing. and It is so glorious. There's so many beautiful people that are just struggling every single day just to, to feel an ounce of worthiness for the cross. And I know we, we can't strive to that. We, we can never honestly be worthy of the cross. We just have to accept that Jesus just loves us that much. But the enemy doesn't play like that. The enemy doesn't talk like that. He wants us to feel unworthy. He wants us to pick apart every single stinking thing and not see the beauty of God's redeeming love in the imperfection of humanity. Satan doesn't want that. So he sends Christians who are on this pious, prideful road to get us to look at the imperfections and instead of seeing the perfect God that we serve. Because life isn't going to be perfect until Jesus steps his foot down and redeems us all and judges us and gets us purified to be able to stand in his presence once and for all for eternity. No life is going to be perfect. Men are going to fail. That's why we don't serve men. We serve God. We serve Yahweh. Through the Holy Spirit, we go through this imperfect world the best we can, striving every day to put our sinful nature down in order to walk a life that shows people that they too can do and strive until they hear the trumpet blast. That's our job. That's seeking first the kingdom of God. It's not picking at sores and festering and becoming a cancer to the body of Christ. It is lifting our brothers and sisters up because believe it or not, you two are going to have a moment in your life where you're going to stumble and you're going to hit the ground hard. And don't you want to sow seeds of, of mercy and grace and forgiveness so that you can reap that back on you. So when people see you stumble, they're not going to be like, look at that horrible person. I knew they're a false teacher. I knew that I shouldn't. Or do you want people to look at you and say, it's okay. Yeah. But get back up again. We are the getting back up people. And not only that, but when we see people stumble, we're also the forgiving people. We're also the mercy people. We're also the grace people. We're also the people who keep our mouths shut because we know that Christianity and walking through this world is not easy. It is hard. But one thing we do know, and one thing that I pray that you understand, that the gates of hell will not prevail. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. And it's up to us to pave the way so that people are not stumbling over us, but we're helping to carry them until the end to run our race, our very imperfect race. God is good, guys. Let's not lose sight of that.
and he loves us each and every one of us so before you share that post or that tweet or that video or that blog or even whenever you see that person tearing down that minister yet again pray for that person that the eyes of their understanding are opened don't do what they're doing and bash them because every time I see that I say Lord I just pray for them they don't know what they're doing Lord forgive them forgive them for attacking the body of Christ attacking brothers and sisters that they don't even have fellowship with help them to love their family because that's what we are we're a family we're not a perfect family no we're not but we are a family every single one of us and I can't wait to rejoice with all of y'all in the end and I pray that each and every one of you including myself makes it to hear well done my good and faithful servant come in and join the and, and enjoy the kingdom amen all right well that's podcast number two I'm going to divide this up and and release it today. I hope you all have a blessed week. Know that I'm praying for you. And that the enemy is a defeated foe. And we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Love you guys.